0: Say something funny so I can use it before the music Crickets Hello everyone and welcome to the Dedicated Nerds Podcast Episode number 8 I am Rob Fiordino, and I am here with my two co-hosts uh, Dave, say hello Dave Hello all And Carney, hi Carney Hello What's going on this week, guys? You having having a good week? If not, just say silent.
1: It has been the best week of uh, (laughs) August so far. Nice.
0: (laughs) And we are recording in the uh, middle part of August, uh, for those of you listening in uh, (laughs) December of 2024. Um, (laughs) Welcome to time travel. Uh so this week let's start with a little follow up. Uh we talked about uh Diablo and uh, Blizzard games uh in the past and uh it turns out Blizzard has multiple Diablo projects in the works. Uh it sounds like one of them is uh Diablo 3 for the Switch. I don't know, do you guys have the Switch? The Nintendo Switch?
1: No consoles here of yeah, for the last two or three years. No, no.
0: <laughs> I think we talked about that last time. Yeah. Kinda, <laughs> well, anyway, that's pretty exciting. I mean, Diablo 3 on Switch is not that exciting. It's kind of cool that the Switch is getting more and more stuff, including AAA stuff like Diablo 3. Um, but it's also exciting for me. I really love Diablo 3, and I love the uh, the uh, Necromancer expansion that they did. And it uh, sounds like maybe Diablo 4 is in the works or... That's what I'm hoping for,
2: else. especially if they get a little away from Diablo three and get more like Diablo two was.
0: What? Uh, no, that's interesting. My son likes Diablo two a lot more than Diablo three. What? Uh, why? Why do you say that, Carney?
2: <sighs> wow. I started. I'm the one who said it, and now I'm left kind of short. I have a hard time explaining it exactly, except that when i when I started playing Diablo three, it was clunkier it it was more on rails i felt like and the the whole talent tree thing just wasn't the same i mean i'd have to go back it's been a while since i'd done in diablo 3 and i'd have to go back to give you you know anything more less vague well, than cert- what i'm doing
0: well certainly when diablo 3 first came out it was not that i didn't think it was that great i think they after about 3 or 4 months I think they came out with a pretty big patch that addressed a lot of their stuff. At one point Diablo 3 had the real world auction house with real world money and that was a total disaster and I think as soon as they got rid of that and they changed some of the mechanics it actually really kind of finally came into its own. They they had enough rough drafts that they that uh, they came up with something pretty good. And I think Diablo 3 right now is is quite good.
2: I, it could be good, but like I said, is that uh, I I felt like it was a no. And I'll g- grant you the the auction house was a disaster. I don't even I don't even want to talk about that. But um, the, just for gameplay wise, I, I just think that they hit a sweet spot with Diablo two, and they 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 got into Diablo three, and they wanted to make it something more more like Blizzard, more like WoW and In the process, they moved it away from Diablo 2. Because Diablo 2 had a pretty basic story, and it basically well, you ran around on levels and killing things. And sometimes running Mm. around on levels and killing things is what you want to do.
1: Yeah, that's actually a pretty good point. I I enjoyed Diablo 2 because it it wasn't completely mindless, but it was close. And Diablo 3 seemed like they tried to ramp up the complication level. Now, it's been out for six years, and I think I tried it five and a half years ago, so I should probably look at it again. But, yeah, sometimes you you just want to run and kill stuff.
0: And you had Diablo 3 on PC, right, Dave? Because, as we just talked about, you don't have any consoles.
1: (laughs) I don't have any consoles that I use.
2: Well, that's what I was doing it on, too.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you guys are still licensed for it, obviously, and I know you have the Blizzard installer, so i'd say give it a shot i mean i think it's really, you know the thing that i really enjoy about diablo three is the seasons that they've come up with the season concept where if you want to start a seasonal character basically it's like re-rolling a completely level you know level one character with no other no gold no none of the other perks that you have by having you know high level other characters but they have and that kind in of
2: diablo two
0: Did did they though with the that's the ladder anyway the seasons the thing I like about the seasons though is you so you play through that and you do a bunch of achievements and then you you get a nice reward a set item for that character and then after the season's over they kind of get rolled into your to your other um, you know your normal array of characters and that's anyway I think it's a nice uh, it's a it's a reason to go back every. Mm four or five months that a lot of games don't have. And it's kind of fun.
2: Well, they got that from Diablo 2. They have the ladder character. And the ladder in Diablo 2 is, is, again, it's completely... Every time they reset the ladder, you know, that's it. All your accumulated stuff. If you start a character in the new ladder, you start off from scratch like you're talking about. And in the ladder, you've got... We're talking online here, not, you know, local play. But when you're doing Diablo 2 online and you're in the ladder you've got available rune words that you don't have for the the standard and it goes on for six, seven months and then you know, they, they cut it off and your character rolls back into the standards. It keeps all the, the good rune words and stuff that you've got, but now you can't do new ones and you roll a new character.
0: Yeah, that does sound like actually very similar to what they've got going with the seasons and they didn't have that at at first in uh when Diablo Three first came out. But uh yeah, it's nice to see that all right, so that's good. Uh, looking forward to new Diablo stuff. Uh, yeah, Diablo was like my first foray into. I don't know. Did you play World of War? Do you guys play? Did you guys either either of you play uh, Warcraft? Like Orcs uh, and Humans, one. the original.
2: Yeah, I, I played that one.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, I think I guess those those two. I can't remember if Warcraft Two came out before Diablo or. I or not. couldn't. But it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Early early Diablo stuff. Yeah, very very good stuff. All right, new topic for discussion. Uh Carney, you got uh, you got some rocket news for us a little late on us.
2: Oh, well, by the time this gets out, I'm sure it's gonna be old news, but the two things and they're at least in my head, kinda tied together, are the they've announced the cruise uh, the official cruise. And we'll see if it actually turns out being these people. The cruise for the um Boeing Starliner manned um, rocket and the SpaceX Dragon manned rocket. The first launches are still at least a year away. They've got to do some testing and stuff, but they have actually have the astronauts named, and if you go searching for it, you can find the, the pictures. It, it's just a, a big step. They're, we're actually getting ready to launch astronauts into space on American rockets instead of, you know, <laughs> on 40-year-old Soviet pieces of junk. And these, and,
0: and, are, and these are and these are NASA yes. rockets, is
2: that right? Okay. Well, the NASA crews. The rockets are Boeing and SpaceX, respectively.
0: Okay, so the Starliner is Boeing and the Dragon is SpaceX. Yes. Okay. So what's and, uh, yeah? Give me a little more detail. What's the what's the difference between the two? Ooh, what's their
2: missions? Their mission is to get man live crews into space be it to the international space station or for other activities i mean the first thrust is going to be to the international space station it's basically to get us away from well so so we have our own in-house space capability it's been an embarrassment the last few years that we can't launch people into space on our own Um, they've
0: all been on the the soyuz right yes yes Yeah. So the Russian rockets, Yes,
2: the old Russian rockets, right? Yeah.
0: They were like the ones from the sixties, aren't they?
2: Well, it's a little more recent than that because I mean, they've upgraded them, but they're, they're, they're at least, I mean, the current iteration when you look under the covers is at least 25, 30 years old. So yeah,
0: that sounds old for rockets
2: (laughs) (laughs) a little bit, but anyway, um, the differences between the two are, in my opinion, mostly cosmetic, um, there, there are differences in how they handle the thrusters and and various technical details that I'm not sure anybody but me cares about. Mm-hmm. But overall, they're very similar. Um, the other interesting thing is that SpaceX reflew its um, Block Five rocket, and everything went peachy keen. And it from unless something crops up that they announce sometime soon that the, you know the, the landed Block Five core that they recovered is had, had a problem, so they can't reuse it again. It looks like they've hit the mark on being able to quickly turn around the Block 5 rockets, which should...
0: It's interesting. And this is, so this is a... But they've flown a Block 5 before, but this is the first time they've reused it, right?
2: Yes, and they did it fairly quickly, and the interesting thing is, can they do it a third time? See, none of the previous rocket versions, the, the full thrust, which was Block 4, flew more than once, to my knowledge. I mean, more okay. than twice. They, they flew them, they recovered them, they flew them, and that was it. The Block 5, they're planning on just churning them, you know, keep refurbishing them and launch them. Their, their goal is 10 launches per core with minimum, you know, refurbishment. And if they nice. can even come close to that, yay.
0: And this is just for our audience. This is all part of the Falcon 9 uh, project. Yes. And is this, is this technology going to be used in the BFR,
2: too, or...? or? Supposedly, yes. I mean, the, not so, well, technology in the sense of how they build the rockets and so forth, yes. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be literally just taking parts off of a Falcon and plugging into the BFR, but they're learning how to build better rockets with the Falcon, and that will definitely go into the BFR.
0: So, now, just to tie these two points together, is the... the Is the Dragon like a Falcon 9, or is that designed earlier, or how are those two different?
2: The Dragon is what sits on top of a Falcon 9 stack.
0: Uh, Okay, so they are using the Falcon... Okay, so... Okay, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, they have a Dragon cargo capsule, which is already making regular runs up to the ISS, and the crew version is just a crew-certified cargo capsule basically except the crew is people and it's got a lot more safety features and other things going on for it but the dragon is sits on top of the launch vehicle which i suppose if you had the right adapter could doesn't have to be a falcon 9
0: Hmm. but hey they got some great falcon nines let's use them (laughs)
2: Also, I think you'd probably have to tranquilize Elon Musk if you tried to launch his Dragon on top of a <laughs> Boeing product.
0: <laughs> now, is this is this a kind of a competition? Are they are they looking for either the Starliner or the Dragon to kind of prove itself? Or, I mean, did they? I mean, yeah. I am assuming they. I mean, why did they? Why did they opt to spring for both of them rather than put all their eggs in one basket?
2: Well, NASA would like to have two certified so that if something a problem crops up with one, they've got the other. Um everyone else looks at it as a competition. You know, Boeing and and SpaceX, you know, are are definitely in competition with each other to be first, fastest, biggest, best, <laughs> cheapest, you know, whatever whatever they can do to to one up their op- their competition, they'll do it. Um NASA is real the reason they're paying for it is, you know, say Two years down the road, they're both operational, and oops, they discover that the SpaceX thrusters have a tendency to blow up. Well, they can still get the crew into space on the Starliner, presumably, or vice versa. You know, so from NASA's point of view, it's redundancy.
0: Okay, so it's kind of a standard thing then. makes 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 good logical sense. It's just it's, it seems unusual that the government's willing to spend money on on both of those things, but that's that sounds quite logical and, and good.
2: Yeah. Well, you that. also have to keep in mind that the amount they're spending on SpaceX and Boeing only looks big when you don't compare it to what NASA's is spending on its own futilely attempting to do mm. the same thing.
0: <laughs> oh, that's right, because they've got the, uh, what are they calling that? The, the space uh, launch system. The SLS, right. Uh, yes.
2: The very large tin can filled with money that might one day fly. <laughs>
0: Right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully it will, I guess. I'm not sure I want to burn all that money, but...
2: There you That's go. about what it's we're... fueled with. That's about the, what it's fueled with.
0: The money has already been put in the tin can, so we might as well burn it.
2: <laughs> don't get me started.
0: Yeah, <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, because we don't want to accidentally have too much to say on this stuff.
2: No, no, I mean might as well spend the money now. They had a perfectly operational space. You know, the the way they just let the space shuttle die with a whimper is, it it gets the thing, I I think I said this last week, is NASA is great at doing doing one-off stuff that has to work right, you know, where you can't just try again later. Anything that is actually, you know, interchangeable parts, reusable, cheap, they just can't do it. You know, the right. the engineering triangle of speed, quality, and cost, they're stuck on speed and quality, and they just cannot get a grip on cost. Which is fine, as long as you keep in mind that if you want to send a probe to Pluto, NASA's who you want to go with. If you want to launch a cheap satellite into low-Earth orbit, God, don't go anywhere near NASA.
0: Yeah. So, all right, I mean, at the at the risk of... of Of lighting a fire here um what was the actual reason why they let the space shuttle go away was it i mean was it like the the like boeing said well we want new rockets or i mean
2: it was a lot of things one one of the big things was is that they just they had a lot of ideas of what they were going to do and they ran wild in a lot of different directions and never really finished anything and Compile, compound that with political. You know, the politicians went, okay, well, you, you know, this is just aimless spending of money. We're not going to do it. Plus, there were some administrations that, quite frankly, just weren't very space-minded. You know, it's, it's right. the whole the the Bushes, Clinton. I mean, you can lay it on both sides. Is that you know that they were interested in NASA, but not really interested enough to push at the. You know. They, they all wanted other things. They had other priorities that they wanted to push for, and NASA just kind of got left on the vine. All right.
0: Uh, our next topic, which has been on our list for quite a while, is uh, Xbox has annou- announced a few months ago, and then this within the last couple of weeks, they announced the uh, packaging for a really cool thing. Uh, it's Microsoft's Xbox Adaptive Controller. Which uh, we'll post an article about it in the show notes, but it's it's really a cool thing where um, people with you know
1: mobility issues uh, that seems it's a
0: really cool thing, and I don't I don't see a lot of uh, companies doing that. Yeah, I'm
1: definitely looking forward to doing being able to interface with games using different parts of the body because I mean certain things just wear out over time.
0: <laughs> I mean, is this something, Dave? That you would is this something, Dave? You would buy. If you were a console gamer, is this something you'd buy just to have kind of a different way of not getting uh, repetitive stress injuries?
1: I would certainly consider it. I didn't realize it was just for consoles. I thought there was a a PC option also.
0: Yeah, there may be. I didn't look into that. It's quite possible that this will hook up with PCs because, I mean, you can certainly use a regular Xbox One controller with PC.
1: Yeah, it'd be kind of it'd be similar to my reason behind purchasing the Wii. Not that any of the, those games were awesome. It was just something to do that didn't involve, inter- you know, wasn't a keyboard and mouse interface that uh, just wears out the parts that are already uh, well used. And
2: I was looking at that. I mean, I agree with everything that Dave just said, but I was also impressed by the fact that with its plug-in nature, it doesn't have to necessarily be for somebody that's mobility limited i mean it, it, it's targeted for that but you know if you had some kind of w- desire to hook up certain weird equipment there's certainly a lot of connectors there i'm thinking in terms of um thrust produces a lot of of like flight sticks and rudder pedals and things like that and you know as long as you've got standard interfaces, presumably you could just hook a, a whole bunch of controllers through something like this. So it, it, it sounds like a really neat neat building block for a lot of things.
0: Yeah. It's it's one of those things that I'm like, wow, this is from Microsoft. This is really cool. They maybe they are a different company than they were <laughs> back in the nineties when they were the the ogre of the universe.
2: No, they're pretty much still the same. They just occasionally come up with good <laughs> ideas.
0: Yeah. So anyway, this is a really cool thing, and uh, looking forward to, to hearing how that works. And if you are someone who uh, has some mobility issues and you've stayed away from the consoles uh, for whatever reason, this might uh, this might be something you want to look into. And you're, if if you are somebody, you probably already know. Um, but uh, if you uh, if you didn't, then great, take a look at it. All right, one other topic uh, we have here before we move into uh, what's been good this fortnight, uh, recommend review websites. I want to talk a little bit about, and this might turn into a little bit bigger topic depending on what you guys um, have to say, but I'm, I use, I mean, I think everybody kind of at some point has probably used review websites uh, for technology stuff, for nerdy stuff, whatever. Um, movie reviews, you know, have been a thing forever. Um, one I really love and, um, I bet a lot of people who listen to this podcast love it too. is called the wire cutter, uh, it used to be an independent company and then it got bought by the New York times. It makes all its money from what I can tell. makes all its money, not from advertising, but from, uh, links. Like when it links to a product on Amazon, it gets a little piece of it. So, which is kind of cool. Cause I think most of those affiliate links are about the same. So it's, it, it, it seems like that would tend to encourage them to or, or just I think the reviews might be a little bit more impartial if it, if they're not you know actually getting advertising from places so that's that's a cool website how do you guys do you guys use review websites
1: I do well it's always important to understand the funding source behind the person or the place that's giving you advice because mm-hmm. um, if you don't understand that you'll either be you know, you're very likely you're going to get misled.
2: Yeah. And that applies into non-technical stuff too. I mean, that's true of house hunting or car buying too.
0: Right. Now, Dave, you've used, you. Were, I know you've been a member of of uh, Consumer Reports over the years. Are you still, a, do you still use that one?
1: Uh, no, I actually dropped that probably uh, almost eight or 10 years ago um, when online, other sources became more available and i started actually questioning some of what i was reading in the uh in that so
0: so what yeah. uh, what sources do you have now either of
2: you guys oh well i'm i'm can echo what dave's saying i used to be part of consumer reports too and um isn't they're they're very good if you share their mindset, but if you don't share their mindset, you, they can sometimes their idea of what's best and what's good does not necessarily line up with yours. I mean, they're they're a good company, and if you know if you they're the source that you're comfortable with, I don't hesitate to recommend Consumer Reports, but they're not for everybody.
0: So, what's the mindset? We'll describe that a little bit cuz I'd be asking there's people out there who have, who are not members of
2: consumer reports um they they have a they have a real emphasis on quality and i'll here i'll give an example the refrigerator that we've got is that it's a noisy refrigerator I don't care that it's a noisy refrigerator because it's in our kitchen and our kitchen is nowhere near where, you know, any, anything other than kitchen kind of stuff happens. But it, the fact that it's a noisy refrigerator would probably downrank it significantly with consumer
1: reports.
2: You know, and they, they look for frequently their, their value trade-offs are on the quality side of things rather than on the cost side of things. It's about the best way I can put it, is that they're they're much more willing to pay or to rate something as being, you know, the best if it costs more, if it has some, you know, if the quality is improved. While I reach a point where it works, okay, I don't care anymore how much, how well finished it is or how glossy it is or how much thought was put into the placement of the lights.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And they also kind of go through as from what I remember, Consumer Reports will they'll list and give fairly detailed information about five or six different uh, things. And that's the one thing I like about the wire cutter too. Is if you're kind of in a hurry, it's they pretty much only they list like what's the best one, what's the budget version, and then what's the upgrade pick. And you know, that's kind of what I need. I don't oh, for a yeah. lot of things I don't need you know, what's the best? I don't need the top 10 uh, chef's knives. I really just need, like, the one <laughs> that I that's affordable. Yes.
2: That's, that, yeah. Dave, I mean, how, what do you think? Did, did I botch my explanation? Because I think we're in the same headspace on Consumer Reports.
1: I, that's probably pretty accurate. Again, I, I don't think I've been with them for almost 10 years, and that's kind of, I mean, I wouldn't say that I don't buy much, I, would, I don't buy, it's not that I don't buy anything, but I, I'm probably not your typical consumer. I'm not buying a lot of things. So it just became less value. You know, there was a cost involved back then to, to be a member. And it just didn't, I, I thought that I could gather enough information from the internet as a whole rather than have them kind of line it up for me. Uh, with regard to the wire cutter, I kind of like their approach of you know here's the one to get if you don't have time, but also it's very important to me because I probably do have a little bit more time is to explain the why's um, so
0: yeah, and their articles are quite in depth on a lot of topics and it's interesting because, I mean, you can just learn a lot about, you know, it's like, why do I need a chef's knife over a, you know, over some other kind of knife? And, and they'll have, like, you know, maybe 500 words on why a chef's knife is awesome or something like that. And it kind of explains it, Like, oh, that's interesting. I had never thought about using XYZ for that. So, yeah, so it's a, so it's a good source of information. Not only do you get – if you have the extra time, it it gives you kind of some – just basic information about different product categories
2: See, i've never used wire cutter i mean it sounds like i need to look into it the the recommendation site that i probably use the most well for computer stuff is ars technica is that i read all their stuff and especially for when i'm putting together my home computer they periodically put out um you know builds And they they go through, you know, here's why we picked this part. Here's here's the parts that, you know. And they give you enough choices that somebody like me who can go through and say, okay, this may be best, but I want... Perfect example is my current computer. Is the video card I've got isn't the best video card that was available at the time? It's the best low-powered video card. And that was important for me. It still is. It's just... uh, you know, I'd gotten tired of the fact that the best video card required you to have a 500 watt power supply just to power your video card.
0: Yeah, Ars Technica is a great site. I mean, for a lot of nerdy stuff. So if you guys are if you guys are nerds out there and you haven't heard of Ars Technica, there's it's a great. It's I mean, they've got they post maybe ten. Ten good articles a day, and it's it ranges from, you know, computer tech. There's a lot of rocket news on there, space news, um, there's, science, uh, science stuff. There's some some gaming stuff on there, some popular culture stuff. They'll touch on um, some some legal issues. I know they've they've had a good run this last year on uh, on the open internet kind of topic, and uh, yeah, so great great website, Ars Technica. All right, so we're we're positive on the wire cutter, uh, Consumer Reports, not so much, and ours uh, Technica is great too. Anything else before we move on?
2: Well, let me say that I actually would recommend Consumer Reports for somebody who doesn't. You know, it, it's a good, it's it's worth looking at as, if it works for you. I think Dave okay, and I's yeah. point is more that we're we're we're. We're atypical, maybe.
0: <laughs> so it's kind of so the mindset. Just to boil it down, so I maybe I so maybe I understand it. So the mindset for Consumer Reports is more they want to have something that's going to last for a long time. It might be a little bit more expensive, but they're going to tell you their their thing is. I mean, how would you? I guess I'm still not really clear on what the
2: they'll put up. They'll put ten or twenty. They'll put ten or twenty things out there, and they'll rank them, and they'll rank them by different categories. But then they'll also have a a choice i forget what they call it it's it's they're basically the best of the category choice they're, they're highly recommended and to get the highly recommended thing you have to you have to have a lot more attention to detail and finishing stuff but they, they do rank stuff if you just want to go in there for like okay chef's knives they'll sit there and they'll have from not recommended to highly recommended
0: all right great let's move on to uh what's been good this fortnight uh we're going to talk about something that in the last couple of weeks has been good. I'm going to start off with one. Uh, well, this is a product recommendation. It's uh, the Scott, and actually, it's a product recommendation that I got from the Wire Cutter. This was the Wire Cutter's number one pick for classic push reel lawnmower, and it's the
2: Scotts. And that folks, that noise you hear, that's Rob's credibility washing down the drain in a circular motion. <laughs> well, my wife
0: uh said to me earlier uh this month. She said, "I'm I'm really intimidated by our our gas-powered lawnmower, which is what I use to mow the lawn when it's my turn and and she she has little spots that she likes to mow near her garden that uh it's not worth getting out the big Anyway, it it so happens that the way my house is set up, having another mower, uh, av- I can avoid going down a bunch of stairs with my gas mower. So having a second mower is nice. Um, this is a nice light one. It actually does a pretty good job at uh, grass. It's not so great on broadleaf, so you're not going to be mowing through your your all your weeds. But we have a little strip of, of grass kind of in the front of our house that's down some stairs it's difficult to get through with our gas mower, but it's it's pretty easy to carry that that uh light push reel mower down the stairs and then take care of business so now you guys can shit all over that. I know you know you've been waiting for that.
2: I can always talk from the point of view of somebody yeah <laughs> pushing one of those damn things around the lawn. <laughs> the only way <laughs> the only use I have one of those is a trebuchet projectile,
1: <laughs> well, Carney, I don't know how tall you are I, Rob's probably in the right height range to make that thing work better. I find it kind of problematic at uh, six, six one ish. Um, because if you're moving along at a decent speed and you come upon a twig, it, it stops the thing cold and then, you, <laughs> and then you go over it <laughs> and then, yeah, you're going to go over the top unless you're really paying attention. And I'm talking about a twig I'm talking about the uh, pencil lead thickness twig brings that thing to a halt.
2: <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. I'm lucky I haven't hit any pencils. Yeah, um I'm about the same I'm maybe an inch shorter, half an inch shorter than you are, Dave. And yeah, I agree with you. It's the the problem is that the they the blades lose their sharpness at which point that they just seize up on everything. You know, it's You have to constantly mow because if you let the grass get too high, the thing chokes on it. If you run over a twig, it chokes on it. You run over a rock, it chokes on it. Or maybe throws it in your face, depending. Yeah, yeah, I hate those things.
1: (laughs) No, I definitely was interested in making it go. I I really wanted it to work. But another thing is, I don't know what kind of grass you have. It's probably better for something like Bermuda. Um, something like St. Augustine that, uh, the, the runners at St. Augustine actually count as twigs. They're thinking that they'll just <laughs> come it, you know, bring it to a, a halt. So, you know, the time yeah, I, I was I, using I,
2: it was on St. Augustine too. Maybe that's what it is. But I found that if you had more than a week's worth of growth, the thing just basically choked on it. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's uh, it's for uh, and I hear what you guys are saying and, uh, I know you're having a little fun with me, but, uh. And for the for the serious mowing, we're, I've still got the gas one, but this is a nice this is nice for a little spot
1: mowing. Yeah, no, Which, I, it's worth a try. I think you know it certainly would cost you a little bit more, and then you have an ongoing cost. I mean, the nice thing about this real mower is it's essentially free. You buy yourself a file, and so you sharpen it and use it. That's great. Um, my recommendation would probably be along the lines of a smaller mid mid price electric mower because those are typically lighter and uh be really i mean i use an electric mower for my entire lawn no problems at all but uh you're looking at probably about starting about twice the cost and by by uh, by electric i mean cordless electric the corded electrics have lots of power but then you're dealing with cord management which gets old real fast
0: right yeah believe it or not i actually have an electric a corded snowblower, which at the time I thought it was a good idea, but the way my (laughs) driveway is set up, not so much.
2: The story of human development. It seemed like a good idea at the time. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It seems
1: like that would be, if it was corded, it would encourage you to blow the snow before it starts melting just to stay alive.
0: Yeah, (laughs) unfortunately I don't always... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> unfortunately i don't always have a choice it's it's kind of it's like whatever the snow is when it needs to be moved it needs to be moved and uh just the wire cutter's number one pick for best uh
1: well it would be my contention that it would be my contention that you don't need the best one for i mean the amount of lawn that you have even the worst one would suffice
2: and be better than a real mower. <laughs> My recommendation for lawn care would be to call a reasonably priced lawn service people and say, hey, (laughs) come over and give us us an estimate. How
0: much do do lawn service people cost in Atlanta?
2: Um, The ones we've got that just mow our our grass for us, basically, is $45 per mow, which is expensive, I know, but it's a lot better from my point of view than going to the emergency room after mowing over some poison Oak. <laughs> I
1: think they're going right around here is probably about 25. You, you have to get into a contract. Basically if they, if they're going to come once a week, it'll be 25 bucks. If they're going to come twice a month, then they jack it up to about 35 bucks. Cause if they come every week, they can mow it, you know, really quickly get in, get out done.
2: Ours is a, probably every two weeks, but our we've also got a yard that's a little more trouble than just a flat yard. Um, it slopes back towards the back, and well, I have mentioned the poison oak, I believe. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right, Dave. What? Uh, let's move on to your choice for what's been good this week, or what's oh. been what's been good this fortnight? Excuse me.
1: Well, it probably might, maybe it falls in the category of some sort of a recommendation, but really, we just finished up watching, or catching up, or uh, completing the Man in the High Castle series on the Amazon kind of TV show variant of it. First, we tried to uh, listen to it, the Audible audio book, and it was a little bit rough, but it did flesh out a universe that uh, this TV show approach to things kind of is built in and uh turns out it's an actually a fairly entertaining series, and they're about to drop a a new ser- a new season on it from uh from my understand so something so something i would recommend
0: two, there's been two seasons so far
1: uh I believe yes i believe that's correct too
0: okay well oh, i didn't really, i didn't know that the season three was coming up i might have to i've made my way through about the half of the first episode <laughs> so yeah. I'm glad Ooh. to hear you I'm glad to hear you like it that's uh, i'll I'll bump that higher up on my list.
1: Well, listen to the audiobook for about you know the first chapter, maybe two, and then watch the TV show variant and uh I don't know if that you know, if I That'd like more sense it it kind of fleshed it out, but also just, just so much more enjoyable the the book as written. A little bit rough and for, okay. for, for enjoyment purposes.
2: Well, this is Philip K. Dick, so... Yeah. <laughs> well, he has always written really impenetrable stuff, you know. You need an interpreter for some of his stuff. And stuff like Blade Runner, you've got a good interpreter, and, well, some of them, not so good.
0: <laughs> Do you guys remember the book SSGB by Len Dighton? I think it might have been in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. I think that it's kind of the same concept isn't it David? where i think that was in britain
1: like where the nazis won I, and this was. i'm sorry i'm not familiar with that book so okay
0: oh if you like that if you like that genre that's out there ssgb which i think is ss Great britain but uh yeah good good book so carney what what have you got uh this week what's been good
2: well i'm like dave mine shades into recommendations rather than just good and but got a chance to go see the incredibles a while back incredibles 2 and really enjoyed it i i highly recommend especially if you like the incredibles you you know it's it was well worth 14 well okay i wish they hadn't taken 14 years to do another one but it's still a good show and well worth going to see in my opinion it's fun well if you especially if you liked incredibles you'll like this one i think um I'm trying to not give spoilers to anyone, and that's just hard for me <laughs>
0: no no spoil no spoilers that's good all right everybody well thanks for listening uh hope you've enjoyed this week's episode um if you want to get a hold of us, give us some feedback. We are dedicated nerds on twitter or dedicated nerds at gmail dot com or if you want to go to our website or send other people to our website it's dedicated nerds dot net and uh Don't forget to smash that like and... No, sorry, that's YouTube. Uh, Don't forget to go to rate us on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast. So thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Dave.
1: Yes, everyone. Have a great week. And Carney. Adios,
2: everyone.
0: Uh, Have a good week, everyone. We'll talk to you next time.